Welcome to Outwitting the Manipulator, the podcast that gives you powerful techniques to protect yourself as a manipulation is taking place. Now here are your hosts, authors, and communication experts, Robin Golinski and Dr. Dennis Becker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Outwitting the Manipulator show. I'm Robin Golinski, as you heard, and there's Dennis Becker. He's the other person on the screen. And today, we are going to focus on how you may be complicit in your own manipulation. How are you allowing, maybe facilitating the coercion and manipulation to take place? So that's what we're going to talk about. We are not scripted. This is Dennis and I just discussing this, and we welcome any input from you, which you can do by Dave We'll be putting up some links. You can go to our website, mm-hmm. outwitinrealtime.com. We also have a podcast called Outwitting the Manipulator and a book by the same name. So if you click any of those links, they'll get you to a place where you can join in the conversation. But so, Dennis, let's. this is a juicy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people might not like this, right, mm-hmm. at all, because it's just so easy to blame someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly what we do here is we blame things on the manipulator and we try to help you protect yourself from those manipulators. But there are times and places when you may not be the manipulator, but you surely may be in compliance with him and you may or her and you may be helping it and not even knowing it. And that's what we want to talk about today. Well, actually, you have to if you think about it. So no one can manipulate you unless you are engaging with them. It all begins with a conversation, communication. But the compliance is really a necessary part of manipulation, if you think about it. It can't really take place without compliance. Yeah, it's a hot, that, wait a minute, Robin, wait a minute. That compliance may sound to some people like they're agreeing to it, ah. that they know about it and Oh, yeah, I'm okay with it. Let's go. Let's yes. Really no, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. So let's, let's talk a little bit more. This about is why I love when we have a discussion because yeah, we come from two different perspectives. So that is a really good point, Dennis. And I do not mean they're agreeing. No, not at all. We, you and I have been coaching for wow, decades, really. And many, many times we find out that people who are suffering from some sort of communication breakdown, we find out that they are as much responsible as the other person and they never even thought about it or they weren't, weren't aware of it. So when we talk about compliance, we're not necessarily saying that you are complicit in the sense that you've agreed to it and you're helpless. Not at all. I'll, I can I can explain a little more where that oh, yeah. complicitness comes from, if that's even a word. Good. It comes from wanting harmony. It comes from not wanting to ruffle feathers. It comes from feeling uncomfortable and wanting to smooth things over. It comes from all of those places where a lot of people, because the manipulator knows this about you, and that's exactly what they leverage when they are trying to get your compliance. And we've said this many times in the past, and if you haven't heard any of our podcasts or whatever, we'll just repeat quickly that you are you're compliant in the sense that you be, may become vulnerable and make yourself accessible to a manipulator. Remember, these manipulators are very smart people. 
They're very clever. They're very good with words and making you feel good and so forth and so on. They're very good about this. And remember that manipulators are people who are doing things that benefit them at your expense. They don't care about you. They don't care how you hurt, how you feel, what it does to you, as long as they get something out of it that they want. So it's not a matter of trying to change these people. That isn't going to happen. But it's also a matter, though, of recognizing that they are trying to manipulate you. And you don't want to be cooperating and complicit in that if you can help it. That's what we're talking about. So what does being complicit look like? It's very nuanced. And it usually looks like trying to just make peace in the moment. So let's say a manipulator reframes a narrative. That's one of the tactics. So they they tell a story about something that happened, but they reframe it so to achieve a goal that they have. Maybe it's to make you look bad. Maybe it's to make them look good, but it's not accurate. Most people in that moment, roll, let it roll, roll through it because it feels really nudgy and really petty. Nitpicky. Oh, something. I don't want to nitpick that. I mean, yeah, he didn't mean that. It's okay. I'll just let it. Yeah. That's the, that's the feeling that you may have. If you have that feeling, it's a mistake. And we're going to talk about that. Go ahead. So that moment is, is really every one of those tiny little moments, even though, even though it may feel nudgy or petty or whatever, marking that moment by pushing back on it. And when I say push back on it, I'm not talking about a confrontational situation. Hmm. We teach you how to, in a nuanced way, so with our training, we teach you how to let them know that you know what they're doing. So it's not this big break in the conversation where you say, that's not what happened. You got the story wrong. Hold on, everybody. I need to correct something. It's not a big thing like that. Mm-hmm. It's a polite kind of slide in because remember, part of what the, one of the ways they manipulate you is putting you in a position where you may look bad. Mm-hmm. So they try to position you so that anything you say or do you're going to take yourself down or yeah, look bad yeah. in front of others, which is how they control you. That's uh-huh. where the control lives. Right. So so you having the skill of being able to slide in in a nuanced way, in a polite way, but it's enough to put them on notice that mm-hmm. I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. So how would you do that in that situation, Dennis? I'll yeah. just say I've, I've, I've created a narrative that you, it's just a little off and it's, it's a little diminishing to you because I'm trying to lift myself up and push you down in the conversation. Mm. And so I'm, I'm a little bit making fun of you. And how, how would you slide in there in a nuanced way? To defend myself. More importantly, well, equally as importantly, not to defend yourself because you don't want to sound defensive. Oh, uh, yes. It's you want to put the manipulator on notice that I'm yes. paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not asleep at the wheel. I know what you're doing. It's funny you should say that because once before you said something like that, and I didn't quite understand that. I wonder if you could just clarify a little bit more what you mean by that. That's it. He just did it. Simple as that. That's all you got to do. And they're they like, what? What? They don't expect you to respond. They don't expect you to ask questions. They expect you to comply. Just be too overwhelmed or too embarrassed or whatever and just to comply. So. They gave you a polite example. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't quite get what you meant there. Would you, could you repeat that? He's got a little, little bit of a smile. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, what are you talking about? 
I never said that. That's a different kind of confrontational, but the same intent. So you don't always have to be confrontational about it. You can be just as polite or as simple or as plain as you may feel at that moment. But it tells them, whoops, paying attention. Uh Uh-oh. And you know what they'll do? Guess what they'll do? They'll just shift to another tactic. They'll ignore it. Yeah, and they'll move on. And they'll go on. Not like the ground's going to shift and all of a sudden they're going to have, no, it's not about that. It's about every single time letting them know you're paying attention. And so what Dennis said, when when you said, Dennis, it's, you don't want to say, what are you talking about? That's not what happened. That's the way you're playing right into their Mm -hmm. hands when you Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Right into their hands. They're Mm -hmm. eliciting that negative emotion from you. And they pushed your buttons. And, and see, so that was they... the key word. What, what Robin just said, that was key word. Emotion. That's what they're looking to trigger in you. One way or another. So listen, sometimes they want to trigger, a, oh, I feel, oh, I like that kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. And other times it's going to be like, what? Other times it's going to be like, oh, whatever it is. Their goal is to trigger an emotion, thereby controlling your behavior subsequent to that emotion. So this is a very sneaky kind of tricky subtle it's not always obvious and it may not even it may not even be directed at you it's always directed at you but i mean it may not be it may be talking to somebody over here and they say something but they know the reaction you're going mm-hmm. to have to mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. not always oh, about you Mm-mm. yeah that's right no nope. you have to you be know. and, and if have... you if you start thinking oh my gosh that is so hard that I have to listen and pay attention for. Yeah, that's right. This is why ultimately we tell you to get away. Yeah. Because this is, these relationships are toxic and they do drain your energy and they do take all of your time. But there are times and circumstances and situations where you can't get away. And that's where we want to help you have the tools. You never know your next job that could be your boss. So yeah, it happens. And and it's funny you should mention that, Robin. Robin mentioned that, but in our next show, we're going to be talking about that. Exactly. Yeah, next month, that's our focus. It's what going to be on work. work. You just said work. So today we're not talking about work, but anywhere, at home, with a friend, at a party, someplace, wherever. So not specifically at work. And when this happens, the key thing is letting them know that you know. And believe me, they are not going to just stop that. We had, When we did the book, you all know about the book. We did the book. We identified 24 different specific tactics that they use and 24 different ways that you can counter and protect yourself. That's why we did the book. That's kind of what we want to talk about here today, how you can protect yourself. So this idea of being compliant is not about you giving up or saying, oh yeah, okay, I'll do it. No, it's the very subtle ways that you may be being compliant and not even realize it. They are very, very good at this kind of thing. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. How do you know you're being compliant? What's that, Robin? I'm sorry. I, was I just before we end this subject, I mean, how do you know you're being compliant? Uh, I will tell you how. Yeah. You, when you have an icky feeling, and you're just trying, to, you think, "Oh, I just want this to be over," or "I just mm. want to get past this moment," or "I hope, he, I hope they don't get mad, or hope they don't get upset, or I hope I don't," mm. and you're more worried about how they think or feel, and and or how you're perceived by others then you're probably being compliant. You're probably mm-hmm. doing exactly what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you always, always, always have a choice in this. It's not that they're that good that you can never see it coming or that you'll, you don't know what to do when it does happen. 
No, no, no. You can learn. That's why we did the book. That's why we're here yeah. with you now. You yeah. can learn how to protect yourself when they come at you. Now, it's very difficult because it doesn't come like this one and this one comes boom, 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 boom. They'll have one tactic right after the other. We only covered 24 of them in the book. There's probably 124 of them out there. But giving you the sense of how to protect yourself, the feeling, the knowledge, the attitude that I am not a victim. Remember, we, we never use that word. You are never going to be a victim. You'll be a target. They'll always come at you. It's like we're all targets, but we never want you to feel like a victim. We want to give you things that you can say and do that protect you from that insidious one and the other, and the other, and the other. And you know what happens in the end? You keep doing that. Guess what? Thank you, Buck. Really? Uh, maybe it's a long time, but they don't want to deal with people who are on the They don't want to deal with people who are calling them out, who see what they're doing. They don't want to do that. I think the I think the big part about being complicit that the mindset important to realize is that you you have a responsibility in this too. You taking responsibility and ownership because what I've seen a lot I've watched a lot of YouTube videos with people on narcissism and narcissists and manipulators and they seem to be they're very informative and they're very good but they seem to be very focused on I don't know I want to say making you feel good about better about yourself like. Oh, and, and they're doing this to you and they're doing that to you and, and don't feel bad and feel better and all that. But you need to take responsibility for allowing it to happen, putting yourself in the situations. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't sneak up on you and some people. And certainly if you're a, a younger yeah, yeah. female, the most highly oh, yeah. coercively controlled group on earth are females between the ages of 16 and 24. And typically it's an older male. So you don't know as much. There's a big power dynamic. So I'm not saying that you're you're not innocent in the thing. But at, at the point at which you realize this is happening, you owe it to yourself as an adult not to be compliant with them, not to facilitate the manipulation because you don't want to feel uncomfortable. That's the key word, uncomfortable. That you're not you're not consciously going to say to yourself every morning, I will not be compliant today. I will not be compliant today. No. Well, you could. You could. You could. You can try it. You can try it. Why not? But they sneak up on you. They they can be very nice and very yes. pleasant and very casual. And they're not necessarily, like I said, they're not necessarily aiming it directly at you. You may think it's something said to someone else or in another situation about a topic of some sort, but they know it's going to have an impact on you. They know it's going to affect you in one way or another. So they're very attuned to their target. And if you're a target, you may, you may be victimized very quickly. So we want you to be attuned to how to protect yourself. And that's what this is you about. You know what the hardest one, Dennis, is to not be complicit with is the love bombing tactic. Oh, yeah, that tactic. That's the hardest one. And I'll tell you, there are chemical reactions that happen inside of you with serotonin and oxytocin where... You know, you feel that rush of warmth and love and, and it comes and they are really, you could be love bombed by a regular person. You could be love bombed by a manipulator, but you know, there is a difference. Manipulators typically gush. They typically put you on a pedestal. They, they talk about your perfection. They use superlatives. And if you're someone who hasn't been treated well, before or has no nobody's ever told you you were beautiful 
And I know a manipulator who told one of my friends how beautiful she was. And she said, no one's ever told me that before. But I knew the person who told her that was the shtick. That was the shtick. And I was just like, and I could just see her just glowing and feeling so good. Well, what am I going to do? Tell her it's BS because he says it to everyone. No, I didn't have the heart to do that. But my point is that there is a chemical reaction that happens in you. You get literally swept up. It's what love songs are written about. Well, obsession. How can you react? What What should you do? What should people do? Well, I think you. I think. Like that? I you? think the best thing, Dennis, is what we're doing right now. Like, if that hasn't happened to you yet, if you're not in the middle of it yet, because it's literally like a tidal wave that sweeps you out to sea. Know that when it happens, that's what it looks like. It looks like superlatives. It looks like gushing. It looks like so many compliments you feel uncomfortable. So it's hard to be not be complicit, right? Because they're saying something nice, but the but it could make you feel really uncomfortable. Like stop already. It's too yeah, much. But what happens when the guy let's take a guy and a girl and just for the sake, because it could be the other way around. It could happen with a girl and a guy. But let's say not as common, the guy, but- let's say that the guy is really trying to be nice to her and he really does like her. He wants to compliment her. How can she know the difference between something that's real like that and she, and, and somebody who's try, trying to manipulate her and catch her? How do you know the difference? Because it doesn't, with love bombing, it's super intensified. Uh-huh. It's not just, oh, you look nice or, or, oh, you look pretty. It's, you're freaking gorgeous. Uh-huh. You are so hot. Do you even know how hot you are? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think I've ever met. Anyone as hot as you, um, girl. Yeah, yeah. Damn, do I need yeah. to go on? I mean, yeah, I get it. I it get goes it. on and on and okay. on, and that's and a, so then it's like hmm, a little too much. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good. A little too much. Well, listen, we have a guest coming up a little bit before we get to our guest. We'll talk a little bit about this. I'm not sure where we'll go with this, but before we do that, producer Dave, do we have any questions from our listeners so far? Anything in the chat? What do you have? Were you sorry you asked the last one, Dennis? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. People need to know that. From uh, this is from Phyllis in Cranston, Rhode Island. Dear Dennis Robin, I fell for a bad boy type. Got married and now have two kids. Now, after a number of years, I realize that my husband often manipulates me to get his way, and I often see him conning friends and family too. I still love him, but his behavior troubles me. What can I do? Uh-huh. Want to try it, Robin? Uh, uh, well. <laughs> All right, I'll, try, I'll go first. So well, Phyllis, I think what's what's tricky here, Dennis, is oh, you want to go? I go still love him, that part. So, yeah. no, go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah. So, Phyllis, my, my feeling is that you have two things that you're saying here. You're, you're one, recognizing that there's some evil going on. I'm just capsulizing it. And two, you're recognizing that there's some beauty in this relationship for you. So which of those two is bothering you more? Probably the one you wrote into us, probably the one about falling for him and the way he's now treating you and the kids and so forth. So the first thing I would suggest you do is to stop whatever the relationship is and talk to him about this and and mention to him that you see these two differences in him. Then listen carefully, watch carefully for how he reacts to them. Does he deny it? Does he accept it? Does he blame it on you? What happens? That will be a point that turns you one way or the other as to whether to be in accepting him and learning to live with it or saying, no, this is it. I'm done. The first thing I would suggest is that you have a conversation with him and point out the two differences that you see in his behavior and ask 
why and question, see if he sees it, and then make your decision about which way you're going to proceed. Yeah, I think Dennis makes a good point. It's really going to be about the pattern of behavior over time. And I think that when you ask for, when you when you tell someone the definition of a healthy relationship, right, Dennis? When you tell someone X behavior upsets me or hurts me when you do this X. And they say, oh, okay. And you say, so you make sure they understand you and they say, I'm sorry. And then if they don't change the behavior, they pretty much are telling you they don't care. Mm-hmm. So that that is kind of hopeless for a relationship at that point. Kids or no kids, yeah. you have to start thinking about getting away. It's you know, not, not going to get better. If we take a more psychological look at this, Phyllis, and we're not going to do this here, but it might be helpful for you to wonder, why did you fall for the bad boy kind of thing? This is very deep. Now, I don't want you to go this far right now. Do what I suggested first, first. And then you may wonder, why do I go for it? And then why did he go for you? What did you two see in each other that may have quelled and is now diminishing? But at the very least, you've got two kids. You're into the relationship now. You got to have this talk with him and ask him, tell him that you see these two things, call him out. Essentially, you're calling him out. And is he, does he see it? If he denies it, there's a clue. If he accepts it, there's a clue. What is he going to do about it? Have some consequence to that conversation. Give it a time period. That's always important. Don't just let him say, I'll work on it. No. How long? Two weeks, a month, two months. And then make your decision about whether you're going to go in one direction or the other. All right, Phyllis, I hope that was helpful to you. We wanted to remind you that if you are feeling complicit after what we talked about, if you're feeling that maybe you're feeding into this in some way, please, you haven't read the book, read the book, but think about it and think about what you have felt when someone said something to you or did something around you that made you feel uncomfortable. If you were uncomfortable with it, chances are it was something that your own nature said, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. Call it out. Step back, question. You don't have to be challenging and be nasty about it, but don't let it just pass by. Don't be afraid to sort of question what's going on. What did you mean by that? And it will make you feel better. It will give the manipulator notice that he or she knows that they are now on notice. So don't be afraid to do that. It will give you more techniques as we go along. Thanks for listening. And bye for now. Thank you for being with us today on today's episode of Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time. Robin and Dennis are seasoned communication experts, not medical or therapeutic professionals. The thoughts and opinions expressed are their own. If you, a loved one, or a friend are in an abusive or controlling relationship, you will find additional resources in the show notes for today's episode. Their book, Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time, is available on Amazon and Kindle. We invite you to be with us again next time, and Robin and Dennis will discuss ways of outwitting the manipulator, protecting yourself in real time.